Happy Monday. It is Dolly Madison. You know on Mondays we talk about mental health. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Luke Andresen. He is the co-owner and co-creative of The Collective here in the Benton Harbor area. And it's a wonderful place. I cannot wait to learn more about it. Now, Luke, I know that you're here to tell a little bit about your story with mental health. I know you're a veteran. Thank you so much for your service. You know, in May, we always honor our veterans with our May We Thank You. And here at 97.5, we really, really like to bring awareness to that. So I would like to start by asking you a little bit about your background as a veteran. How many tours did you do? How long of that period of your life was active? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to get some of this information out. Yeah, I, I did uh, back-to-back tours in Iraq and then a couple of years later, back-to-back in Afghanistan. So I joined at 17. I joined to be a SEAL. I was kind of wired that way, uh, state-level swimmer and things like that, mm-hmm. and didn't make it through that course. I wound up in the CBs construction battalions. So I worked hard to get attached to SEAL Team 5 on my first tour. That was a lot cushier. <laughs> so I joined to make a difference. Uh, specifically, 9-11 was a very, that was one of the biggest catalysts for me. You know, my mm-hmm. grandfather was a World War II veteran as well. So a lot of reasons for going in. I feel like a lot of that got shattered for me when I was in Iraq, seeing all the destruction, mm-hmm. the uh, death of the innocent civilians. You know, th- these are, you know, they're not very PC things for people yeah. to talk about, and which is part of why we have such an epidemic of suicides with the veterans. They learn things about their own government. They learn things about how war actually is and they don't really have a great outlet yes. to talk about it. I mean, it's better, that's certainly better than the uh, Vietnam era, which I'm very grateful for. My experience in Iraq showed me that uh, we didn't need to be there. We're, we're harming people because everybody I've ever known that's in the military, just like anybody in the medical field, same thing. Like They all have good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to help people, you want to do the right thing Yeah. And uh, and then you might learn oh, wow, what I joined wasn't really what I thought it was. It mm-hmm. can be harrowing. Most people will just stay and they'll shove it deep down. They'll be depressed. They might even commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the 20 to 22 veterans a day committing suicide. It's not just because of PTSD. But I think that's a big misunderstanding is it's also about the moral quandary. I agree. I think that Mm. there is a lot of resources, but we're still lacking. There's a gap with Mm. veterans. Mm -hmm. I would like to know if you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about your mental health journey and how you feel about veterans and what they're struggling with in general. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, so I didn't really feel the like legitimate depression and suicidal ideation until after my last tour, until after I got out of the military. Once it started to sink in, you know, the military is your, is even though it's the source of what caused you to be in such a state of disrepair, yeah. it's also your tribe and it's what keeps you going. And that's why people will stay in the, the you know, these groups that they find out they're not what they thought because of the people, mm-hmm. you know, and they want to keep their brother alive, you know, or their sister and the same thing. Mm-hmm. But impact was far too much. I had to get out. Uh, I couldn't be a part of that anymore. And a lot of people choose that as well. And then they find the same situation that I was in where you're considering suicide more out of it's not just depression. It's I have PTSD. I have these moral quandaries. I don't know how to fix anything. I'm lashing out at my family. I'm ripping doors off the hinges. I'm punching holes in the wall. I mm-hmm. don't know how to control myself anymore, which is really strange because I felt very in control when I was in. Yeah. But it's a different dynamic now. I'm in a different 
situation. I have nobody to report to, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing to really keep me in check. Yeah, I found yeah. what's interesting, too, is that there's not really, you know, when you have things like addiction, there's mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. a halfway house, right? right. In a, a transitional period until they get thrown into the real world. Right. And what I've found with our veterans is there's no transitional period. So it's like you're right. going literally from mm-hmm. the combat zone into the real world in a grocery store within yeah. how many hours? Like right. very, like I've heard something wild, like 48 hours. Could, could sometimes it's none, you know, just the flight back. Sometimes they'll put you in like a little one week decompression, quote unquote, uh, mm-hmm. which is not much of a decompression. It's in Kuwait where it's, you know, 150, 160 degrees uh, yeah. in the daytime. You're not going to get any sympathy from the people in charge of you, which is good. It's a good thing. But for your mental health, if you look at World War Two, you have this massive war unlike anything you know we've seen in at least in modern times and they had however many weeks it took to get on a boat and go back home and they could decompress with each other and there's no way to escape there's no phones there's no no way to really escape from your story so if you're if you're really messed up somebody's going to figure it out and they're going to work on it yeah you, you had literally weeks Mm-hmm. And then weeks of processing when you get back. I think that couldn't be understated. And they realized that in Vietnam when they just flew them right back out of Vietnam. And pe- crazy. I mean, you still see the aftermath of yeah. these Vietnam veterans. Mm-hmm. And so we have at least a little bit of a happy medium there. But it's not even close to enough. And obviously you can never really fully heal from something like that. But you can at least get yourself to the point where it's scar tissue rather than an open wound. That's kind of that's kind of how you came about with what you wanted to contribute back into the community and I know yeah. specifically to your brothers who are veterans. So mm-hmm. I know that you came back. This is your hometown, right? Ancestors. <laughs> oh, yes. Ancestors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Benton Harbor. So yeah. you came back after doing all of your time in the military and mm-hmm. you wanted to give back to the community. So tell me a little bit about the story about the collective and how it came about. Certainly. Yeah. That was born out of, first of all, the willingness to, I don't want to say fix myself, but the willingness to at least work towards a healthier finding year. a baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A healthier baseline. Mm-hmm. And in the process, you know, I discovered something far more profound, which would be um, like the path of enlightenment. I'm certainly not claiming to be enlightened, nor do I know anybody personally who is. But mm-hmm. working on that path is the path of self-care. It okay. is the path of getting control of your emotions, your mind, your body aligning your soul, your Mm -hmm. mind, your body, aligning your life's purpose, Mm -hmm. rediscovering what you came to earth for. Right. You know, and that's a mission, which is very good for veterans. It is. Yeah. So rediscovering your true mission, which your true mission might not have been specifically to join the military or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So, Mm -hmm. but in any case, so the practices that I was doing with Adrienne, so I like to call her my much better half. (laughs) So I know you guys kind of had a collaborative effort as to what you wanted the collective to be like. So can mm-hmm. you share with me what that was yeah. like in the start? Yeah. yeah. So Adrian had a, a shoulder injury mm-hmm. and I obviously had, you know, some PTSD issues I'm working through. And at the time I was just living in, in a condo that had no furniture. You know, I just slept on the floor and mm-hmm. just had a standing desk. And she was like, what's up with this? <laughs> you know, this is insane. <laughs> but the minimalism was was very helpful. So there's a number of tools I was already starting to attach to. And then she taught me yoga. Okay. And that was a, was a huge shift, realizing the psycho-emotive uh, side of the yoga. It's not just the physical side, but it's the, it's all the other meditation practices. And after making enough progress to the point where I felt very secure 
I, I realized what path I was on at that point. We both decided, you know, we, we were at a local gym. That's where we met first mm-hmm. uh, years ago in like 2012. Great place, great people, all that stuff. But it just wasn't what we were trying to do. We were trying to create like a holistic health center mm-hmm. and really see some real community change and really okay. work with people one on one. So we started, we opened up a place in Benton Harbor Arts District in 2016, mm-hmm. actually July 4th. So it's <laughs> our official opening day. The rest is history. She had a, a shoulder injury that was working through. She was helping me with yoga. We decided to open this place and we didn't save up any money or anything. We just did it. We just went for it and, you know, got a, got a hold of some rentals and did Airbnbs to help pay for the whole thing. Yeah. And we've just been grinding on it ever since. And it's good. So. It's great. I mean, you guys have a lot of resources. Can you share with mm-hmm. me a little bit about what else the collective offers besides yoga? And I know mm-hmm. you do fitness classes with mm-hmm. kettlebells. Sure. Yeah, there's a the strength and conditioning side of things utilizes. So some of your listeners might know who the knees over toes guy is, Ben Patrick. It's, it's basically it's a method of getting your body back to a baseline and then for athletes becoming like a super athlete by mm-hmm. balancing your body. So it works very well with the yoga. So we have the strength training, the yoga, we do thermogenics, so ice baths, uh, Mm -hmm. extreme sauna uh, therapy as well, you know, 200 plus degrees, maybe even up to 220, 230, and Wim Hof method, so all the breathing methodologies. I offer fasting counseling, nutrition counseling. We do, we have an organic cafe as well that we opened in uh, January. Rebel Cafe, correct? Rebel Cafe, yeah. And we also do massage. We're always getting into new stuff, and there's an endless supply of fun, fascinating things. Yes, so there's that can help. There is a connection between the mind, mental health, mm. and the body. Oh, yeah. What can you say about that? I would say the mind is the body. The mind is is a part of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not separate. We tend to say body, mind, spirit, mm-hmm. but really it's mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. And and even then you can blur the lines more as well, especially if you, once you get into yoga. And I'll put it this way, placebo effect, right? Everybody says uh, there's documented cases. This isn't hyperbole. There's documented cases. It's really profound actually, because what it's saying is that we create our own reality through our thoughts. So your mm-hmm. mind is an extension of your body. Your body is an extension of your mind. We've Mm -hmm. manifested into this plane of existence, you know, and I believe for a purpose. Part of meditation and yoga is to figure out what your purpose is. It's it's a set of tools. So no matter what religion you're in or if you don't have one or you're atheist or anything like that, you can utilize yoga and you can utilize the breathing principles and all of the meditations to secure your life's purpose. And how has this sort of methodology came about and helped you with your recovery with PTSD, Mm -hmm. depression, suicide? thoughts, mm, you know, mm-hmm. post-war. Yeah. It's a combination of things, you know, I think it's the combination of the cold water therapy. The There's a number of health benefits just, you know, in terms of the body, but even the mind for that as well, how your brain functions. Mm-hmm. Um, the nutrition, fasting protocols, meditation, mm-hmm. your thinking mind is essentially just a computer that's, a, that's running a program all the time. So for instance, right now, go silent for a second. Think of your next thought. You can't. What's your next thought? It, it just comes to you, right? So how do you stop that? Well, you don't stop it. It stops itself. Once you recognize that you are not your mind and you observe it working, it'll just shut off automatically. Mm-hmm. That's the real profound secret of meditation. Yeah. And uh, once that's shut off, you're at peace. You're in the present moments. You recognize that time is an illusion. You're in this point in time that's a, a compressed version of all of reality, mm-hmm. everything all at once, which uh, again, that's that's kind of heady, but it does bring you a profound sense of peace and serenity. So you um, found a lot of peace with yeah. 
yes, practices. Yes. Take out the layers of fear and anguish mm-hmm. and recognize what events, because it's an event that triggers these things, what events in your psyche cause those. And then once you're void of the fear and the emotion that the fear was covering, you can actually see, and it doesn't happen every time, but eventually you will see the events in your head very clear mm-hmm. and you're non-emotive and you can deal with it. Absolutely. It's a form of therapy. You know, yes. a lot of therapists will say you have to reprogram your brain because mm-hmm. what happened to you as a child, you now have to yes. revisit your inner child yep. and get over that traumatic experience, mm-hmm. whether or not you were a child or not. They kind of use that term freely, you know, inner child or things that have happened to you. And yes. so I can see why meditation and this kind of holistic therapy would be extremely enlightening mm-hmm. and extremely beneficial yes. to anyone who might seek it out. So if people want to go to the collective, they can go to your website, correct? Mm, yes. So what is the website? <laughs> so uh, initially we were going to be a co-op. So okay. the website is rebel, R-E-B-E-L, co-op.com. Okay. So rebelcoop.com, but we are the collectives. You know, we're obviously, we're, we're rebellious against, you know, lies. We're rebellious mm-hmm. against uh, these things that have been ingrained into our society at large and, uh, but not to the point of combativeness. Like we're, we're very open to other people's ideas. What we're trying to do is, uh, is bring, bring forward the things we've found to be true and uh, offer the, I like to say, offer the receipts. That's our main website. We also have the karmayogafest.org. Okay. And, and they can do drop-in fees. And I know you have a mm-hmm. festival right now going on that's actually raising funds for veterans. Yes. It's yes. called Yoga Fest. Yes. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So the Karma Yoga Fest, um, this is our 13th year. Uh, so I've been involved since, at least to some degree, since 2016. Mm-hmm. Adrian started this in 2011 uh, with a group called Off the Mat. Man, they raised like a, maybe like $50,000 or something insane like that that first year mm-hmm. uh, to go to Haiti, build houses and schools and things wow. like that in Haiti. And uh, so that was a really profound thing that Adrian was a part of and kicked this thing off. And she just figured, wow, there's no yoga festivals or anything like that going on that's uh, holistically minded in our area. So mm-hmm. she's just going to do it. And that's how both of us are. We're just we're starters. Mm-hmm. We're at, you know, like we're just we're just going to act. We don't really think too much about it. We just go. Yeah. And we love the people that join us along the way and like actually make it crisp. <laughs> so because, uh, uh, you know, it takes it takes a village. Everybody's got their own skills to offer. And um, that's been the best part of this whole process is the collaborations that we get. Yeah. Have, having more and more people that have skill sets that we don't have to like complete the, the picture. You know, we don't have to force things. There's a different path for each person. Maybe there's you know, such and such amount of uh, tools to use that are going to be effective, but you can do them in different orders. You know, everybody's different in how they approach it. So it's not a one size fits all sort of a deal type of thing. Yeah. If you, you know, if your, if your path is different than somebody else's or you take longer this or that, the, the fun is the journey. It's not just the destination. Yeah. There's a lot of that. It's to the extreme, too, I think, with societal beliefs, with Mm -hmm. starting a family, with having a partner, Mm -hmm. with even having a type of job that somebody might see is significant, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in this world, attributing to that. But then there's also the fact that when you go through a surgery or healing, people take longer or shorter well, it's traumatizing as well. It's traumatizing to the mm-hmm. body. Um, yeah, even if you're out, uh, you know, there's still a part of you that that has felt that pain of the incisions and yes. all these kinds of things. So, yeah, FYI, don't get breast implants, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> they're very toxic. <laughs> yeah, okay. They poisoned me for six years. So now they're out, and I am still healing a year later. So. Oh. 
Well, yeah, happy that they're out. Happy to be healthier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, happy to not have the symptoms I used to have, like you know, vision loss, metallic taste mm-hmm. in my mouth, mm-hmm, inflammation mm-hmm. all over the body, stuff like that. But it's still a journey. It is. It's yeah, still absolutely. a healing journey with my mind, with my self esteem, with physical too. Mm. So, yeah. So if people want to get involved with the Yoga Fest, I want to know how they can do that, as well as your veterans, your brothers and Mm -hmm. sisters, how can they come and be involved in the Yoga Fest? Yeah. So um, so this year, the Yoga Festival starts on the 12th. We're actually on Saturday. We're actually doing a farm to table dinner. It's the first time we've done a farm to table dinner. We've got uh, probably nobody here is going to know who he is, but his name is Govindas. He is a uh, uh, he's well known in the kirtan circle. So it's just like a call and response. Basically, what they all boil down to is I'm seeking God, you know, positivity, love, filling yourself up with positivity. That's what they're all about. But yeah, we have a couple of spots left open in the dinner. Okay. Um, so if anybody, yeah, I, I think we've probably got like three or four spots left. So then we're having the uh, ceremony of lights afterwards. So it should be a nice. I have heard all about this. Now, can uh-huh. you tell me a little bit more? I know that. Your location is right on the river. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So are are we, because I'll be there, going to be releasing lanterns? Yes. Uh, so Larry Underwood, he's just the best dude you've ever met. I love <laughs> this guy. Um, if you get a chance to anybody that ever runs across him, you know, you'll see him in the arts district. And, um, you know, he's like a theater guy. He builds sets for theater. He's been in all sorts of different productions, um, you know, know, knows everything about theater, every, everything you can think of. And um, just always willing to help out and donate his time and just mm-hmm. one of those kinds of guys. He, he came up with this idea in 2020 for the Yoga Fest then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was so profound that we've, we've been wanting to do it again every year. So we finally got him to, to do it this year for us <laughs> as well. But you light lanterns, you set an intention and you float them down the river. By the way, we go and retrieve them. so don't worry about yeah we're not littering but uh but it it's just so fun to see your intention float down the river and just just to to have that nice quiet ritualistic space Mm -hmm. um, with a a community yes so i know that the funds are going to be raising funds for veterans but is there Mm -hmm. a specific Mm -hmm. organization that you guys are donating to we've created our own um we're in the process of the 501c3 it's it's nationally accredited, but we don't have the one for the state yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working on it. The funds, uh, essentially, they're going to go for if if there's a veteran that's, you know, has no money or anything like yeah. that, we're going to pay for their class. We eventually want to get to the point so mm-hmm. that we can send veterans on retreats. Yeah. So they yeah. can better their lives with your holistic practices. Yes. I'm going to start to teach retreats specifically, not just for veterans, anybody with with trauma, which is mm-hmm. like everybody, but uh, really severe traumas, you <laughs> right? Know, and uh, and tools that they can that they can use and apply. So, I've had a number of, of veterans come in that were suicidal. Maybe many of them have told me, mm-hmm. "I don't know what else to do. I guess I'll try this. I don't know." And uh, they're all still with us so far. So, thank mm-hmm. God. It's just the practices. I, I've done the same thing with all of them. Um, when they when they come, nobody's going to be turned away. If, if they need help, mm-hmm. um, we'll do what we can. I mean, we do not have the resources to like house somebody and all these yeah. kinds of things, but uh, maybe eventually. But we can give you tools. That's what we can offer. So if you come in and you, you're you're struggling and you're, you know, 
you're not you're wondering what what you can do and you're mm-hmm. you're interested in doing something again it's been the same thing they, they they'll come in they're in a distressed state we do some breathing we do some introspection you know maybe maybe they're already in a state of being able to cry and uh, and it's just supportive mm-hmm. and then we get them in the ice oh. and they get in that ice bath and and this is where it's a, a I'd say the theory is great for everybody but veterans specifically can really gravitate towards this cuz they need action there is a different approach generally speaking not every time but generally speaking, between men and women. Women tend to make better progress through talk therapy, whereas men are only going to get so far, they generally need to act way sooner. With like a physical therapy, yes. correct? Okay, Absolutely. that makes sense. They, they need that, and women need it too, but they seem to, in my experience, they seem to be able to get away with it a lot longer <laughs> until they have to start doing some practices because there's a, there's a lot that they can unpack and women are much more emotionally tuned. Men do not have, uh, not, you know, again, I'm generalizing, but they tend to not have the language to discuss their feelings and traditionally speaking, if you're, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we hold on to problems, mm-hmm. men cannot hold on to their problems. Problems um, forever. Uh, mm-hmm. The ones that do, um, that manage to live, you know, a, a longer life. I mean, they're they're depressed. You know, what kind of a life is that? So, you know, I highly encourage men specifically, but any veterans, uh, anybody mm-hmm. struggling with trauma, to you know, reach out. I'll give you these tools for free. Oh, I love that you are so powerful with your stories specific to men, because I think it's brave for a man to talk about emotions, talk about past traumas, mm-hmm. and talk about things that are going on in their life because mental health affects Mm. men just as much as it does women and Mm -hmm. they have been told you know you can't cry you can't Mm -hmm. show emotion yeah don't show you care things like that and so you are my second interview one of them was off air and I just was talking to another man actually a firefighter you know and you guys have both been in these very masculine uh in Spanish we say like como machisto like (laughs) roles you know like like almost like a alpha male position a veteran, a firefighter, you know, police Mm -hmm. officers, whatever the case may be, it's kind of male gentrified. So I think it's really important, everything that you just said. So thank you for sharing that. I want to know, again, what is your website? How can people get involved? Let's plug that one more time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Uh, Rebelcoop.com is our main website. Karmayogafest.org is the Mm -hmm. Karma Yoga Fest website. And then uh, rebelcafe.org. And they can also check you out on Facebook. Yes. Oh, and then my personal website is sinew.life. Oh, man. So Sorry. many websites. I totally forgot. Yeah, we have so many websites. Um, that's, that's for the training specifically. People can okay. reach me for there. The, uh, the idea of the, you know, the men not speaking out about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to have, uh, like, with pers- personality profiles and things like that, it says that I'm more feminine, right? Okay. So a very feminine way that I deal with problems and emotions. But it wasn't always that way because uh, I learned those tools. So there's things you can learn. Just because it's something is feminine doesn't mean that you can't take advantage of it. And conversely, for Utilize females, mm-hmm. you know, these, these ideas are just <laughs> funny little constructs that we've created, you know, and then you've got like a, a really Western cultures and, you know, you go back a few decades here and it's like, it's not okay to cry. I mean, that's very damaging. So, so finding a healthy balance and a happy medium, we are in a really great place in the world. Right now, I know it doesn't seem like it sometimes, mm-hmm. but we're in we're in a place where you, you can kind of do whatever you want, really. Mm-hmm. You're not you might get judged, but so what? You're always getting judged. You're constantly getting judged, but you're not going to be thrown in jail. You know, you're not going to be mm-hmm. shut down 
necessarily. Mm-hmm. So do do you, you know, do what you need to do and unapologetically be yourself and don't worry about the social stigmas because if you're yourself and you just happen to be weird, which the etymology of the word weird just means somebody who knows their origin. <laughs> if you're weird, you'll find the, the, the people that are like you that you're meant to help. So embrace, embrace who you really are and then you're genuine and then mm-hmm. you don't have that. You, even if you're outside of the norm, then people can recognize that you're genuine. You'll, you'll make better positive waves anyways. Well, Luke, thank you so much for being so brave, so transparent, and so strong to share your testimony about mental health, you know, your journey with being a veteran, and as well as speaking out about the social stigmas about men. I really enjoyed this conversation. Once again, if you want to check out The Collective, you're going to want to visit www.rebelco-op.com. I'm Dolly Madison, and thanks for tuning in to Mental Health Mondays.